Are you, um, are you feeling festive? Jason, I, I'm always feeling festive. Get, getting a book commissioned, he must feel a bit more festive. Um. Well, actually, I don't know about that because it's work, isn't it? It's nice to have the money, but the trouble is they give you an advance, right? And the problem with advances is just that, that you have the money and you spend it. Then you've got to do your And then you've got to do the work. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, so yeah. It's, it's like, it's not easy. It's you not know, easy. you don't want too much... Uh, you don't want too much juice up front, do you? you? Really don't. Well, actually, we're getting juice up front, aren't we? Well, I'm... Uh... That's why I like working with you. <laughs> Looking around the room, there's plenty of juice. Well, we should uh, make ourselves feel festive. Adventures in Wine. I'm just staying put. Are you, um, have you got hordes descending upon you? Or are you... No, no, no. But it always feels like hordes, doesn't it? I mean, I think that's, that's the word you use at Christmas Eve when you've got, just got your auntie who farts a lot. She's, just, she's a horde. Well, whoever you've got, it is certainly the time to, to kind of raise the bar, I think, to upgrade. I'm um, glad to hear that. At Christmas Day, I think, probably sometime in the morning, you're going to want a glass of fizz. David Chandler and he is Jason Yap. I thought, because it's quite topical, we should kick off, and I think I will on Christmas Day, with a glass of a good growers champagne, i.e. not made by a conglomerate. Um, okay. Uh, made by an individual. And this is Gilles Dumoulin, Grand Reserve Champagne. Which weirdly, we've got an offer at the moment, but weirdly he is discontinuing. But let me open a bottle before oh, I tell you. Okay. So I met Gilles, what was it, three, four, first, first wine list, so that was. 2013. Good. You said you'd have met him in 2012. Yeah, he's a very bright, well travelled, erudite guy, but anyway, he makes terrific champagne. This is made from a blend of Pinot Noir, Pinot Mania, and Chardonnay, roughly equal proportions. And the thing he did with this is he gave it an extra year's ageing on its fine lease before disgorging it and bottling it. And mm. that gives it a bit of extra richness. But he's decided to streamline his range because his vintage champagne is very popular. And then um, he's also selling an extra brute, which is a very low dosage. It's, it's really the kind of slimmer's champagne. <laughs> really dry, very good with oysters, lovely aperitif. But this, he felt, fell between the two. So we have gone along on this. And um, I think it's delicious. See if you concur. So this is somewhere between the two champagnes that he's carrying on with. Stylistically, yeah. Right, okay. Because, um, you know, a lot of non-vintage champagne tends to be relatively young and very fruity and this aperitif style. Mm-hmm. And because it has more bottle age, you get a little bit more of that on the nose. You get a little bit more of that brioche, that kind of toasty. Well, you know, the first thing I got was Bramley apples. And yeah. then the second time, I thought, no, it's Almost more like... Almost a stewed brownie episode. Yeah, it's, it's a bit more, more like, And it starts to get a bit more kind of, yeah, brioche. Anyway, no doubt about it. Mm. It's dry. It's not searingly dry, but it's quite rich. And um, it's a good way to start the day. That's um, very refreshing. So if you're on sprout pinning duty, and I think if my oven space permits, I'm going to do my sprouts in the oven you long ago stopped boiling them. Right. But in preference of steaming them. But now... Bit of olive oil, bit of chilli. They retain their sweetness. They retain their texture. 
there's nothing worse than a, than a soggy sprout. Yeah. And then after that, I mm. think kind of once most of the food prep's been done, everything's in the oven, we normally then think about toying with a smoked salmon. And that is time then to segue on to, and this is quite aspirational, a still dry French white wine. Mm-hmm. And I am opting this year for a Macon Vergisson from Domaine de Roncevaux right. in a lovely 2016 vintage. Okay, so we're looking for a smooth segue from the Chateau. Yeah, and it's straight Chardonnay. And first off, I would tell you, it's upgrade time. You know, it's Christmas. We might as well celebrate. The political climate's pretty grim. <laughs> and so we should we should get rid of these nasty little glasses and upgrade them. Just feel the weight of that and the fine crystal glass. That is, that's a Weedle glass. Yeah. I mean, it's a world away. And you've got a nice, generously sized uh, bowl in the glass there. Mm-hmm. And that'll help you, no doubt about it. Um, get a much better you know, feel of the bouquet and even the texture of the wine. And you can swirl the wine around in it. It's, it's just much better. Mm-hmm. So we tend to use these little ISO glasses for, for official tastings, but really for, for sort of hedonistic pleasure. A larger bowl glass is better, and for reds, even bigger still. I mean, not just hedonistic, but for head in the glass pleasure. And then this is a lovely, really generous bouquet of ripe orchard fruit. All the pears and apples there. And um, this is from really one of the sweet spots of the Macanet. It's right down in the south. Vergisson is one of 27 named villages that can append their name onto the Macon epithet. Okay. And it's got a limestone soil, a lot of alkaline-rich clay that the Chardonnay grape loves. And this is from right on the border with the superior appellation of Puy Fuisse. And um, I'm a big fan. I was expecting something a bit fruitier, a bit... More treacly. No, but what you've got here is that really lovely minerality. Absolutely. It's, and that comes from the alkaline soil. That's the soil. And it's, it gives you kind of nervy tension. Mm-hmm. Great winemaker, Eric Savaray. He was first generation winemaker. He was an electrical engineer who gave it all up to plant vines. And um, he's doing very well. So he was selling his, his wines to other much more famous names. And now... He's a Ricolton Manipulon. He's a grower who's making uh, his own wine in his own mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. 2016, lovely vintage. Great freshness. Yeah. Some smoked salmon or something on toast, anyway. As long as you haven't popped too many of those raw sprouts while you were peeling them. So that's going to be my go-to white wine. Um, is super. And that'll open out and get better and better in the glass. You don't want to serve it too chill. Um, so I usually steer clear of Chardonnay. You get what you pay for them, like all the time. Next up, I thought long and hard about a red to have with poultry. I know you're not a big turkey fan, are you? You, you won't be only a turkey. Chewy and overrated. You see, I like to devil and pull the um, leftovers where you, you marinate all the dark meat with chutney and spices and mm. then... You, you pull the white meat, or feather it with cream and, and lemon juice, and it, it's a great recipe. Very old English recipe. But I'm going to be having, on Christmas Day, without a doubt, a bottle of this Fleury. And so, made by the Grey family, doesn't the bottle looks great. Big favourite of mine, if only for the visuals, you know. Again, again the, it's a beautiful wax, wax top. Again, the terrific, lovely, racy 2016 vintage. 
only 12 degrees ABV, mm-hmm. so it's not going to knock you out. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to be falling asleep during the Queen's speech. And the only thing better than the Magnum for this, talking of upgrades, and I just bought this on for you to show. If you could grab it. This one here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my word, it's a Magnum. Look at that. If you wanted a centerpiece cracker. for your table, look at that. Beautiful. So, exactly the same wine, mm-hmm. but in a Magnum. And it's hard to believe that is only double the quantity. It's Jason, it's reassuringly large, that bottle. I've never met a winemaker yet who didn't put their best wine in the large format. Right. Um, you would. It has to be done by hand, mm-hmm. pretty much. So the exclusive grape here is Gamay. This comes from the north of the hills of Beaujolais, and um, the Grower family only acquired the vineyard mm. in, in 2014. But um, it's got a lovely freshness, and Fleury, as the name suggests, produces the most floral wines, the most yeah. perfumed. It's most, such a beautiful bouquet, that. Kind of violets, mm. I get a lot of violet, and then these crushed red berries, yeah. and that carries through onto the palate. You know, I almost don't need to drink it. But the Grio's absolute signature there is that fresh acidity. So the tannins are very supple. Mm-hmm. It's quite limpid, you can always see, yeah. see through that. So not particularly dark or concentrated or rich, the tannins are very fine. But I think, you see, with turkey or whatever your turkey. equivalent is, you're going, to, well, you're going to be doing a beef wellington or something like that. Venison Wellington, I remember you, is in your... Yeah, I did, the venison. Yeah, yeah venison. loin of venison. Venison. Yeah. And then... You know, we may want to segue on to something a little bit more complex, and i just having a bit of a love affair with this, look at that illuminated label. That is... Uh, a Javry Chambertin. Gothic uh, font. Eau Corvée. Um, it's organic. Is that always a good sign, a gothic font? Do you know what it, it, it is to me? It's a, it's wine appreciation. Is a, it's a a lot of it's about tick boxing. Mm-hmm. You know, is it the right vintage? Is it the right grower? Is it the right terroir? Yeah. Is the provenance any good? Etc. 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 But I always like a gothic font. Um, but they should have preservation orders because they're they're disappearing. And a lot of them, you know, they date back eons. And, um, okay. Yeah, generally, generally speaking, I don't think, in classic Appalachians, I don't think you can go far wrong with, with it. What's not to like about it? Well, uh, it looks posh, doesn't it? Yeah, it's posh, but it is, it is posh. Um, it's 2013. And these are just coming up from cellar temperature. 2013. It's just having a moment. It's a bit like people. Everyone has their moment to shine. And this wine... Didn't jump out of me when we bought it, but uh, especially in these nice large glasses. This, no, that's a different um, colour, isn't it? Really, it's got so pure Pinot Noir mm-hmm. as a grown organically from mm-hmm. a very small wow. estate in in the centre of the Appalachian. And um, we showed this at a tasting the other day, and I just thought, oh, you know, it really is um, lovely. So you that's so different on the nose, isn't yeah, it? yeah, a little bit more tertiary, slight sort of forest. Floor, bit of mushroom, but still plenty of red fruit. I love that forest floor. I think that's great. Is that is that what you say now? Forest floor. Is that gonna? There's no such thing as an original tasting. That we all rip each other off. It's like it's like guitar riffs. Um, uh, Can I use that without sounding like a complete knob? <laughs> probably, probably not. not but um, you, I, it sounds okay on. Off I, your I wouldn't let that. I, I wouldn't let that deter you. It, it, that is all. <laughs> 
That is all about confidence, really, David. I don't um, have it. Jason, uh, I don't have it, but you can do it. You yeah, can no, but you see, but you're, you're a clothes horse, you see. You can, you can <laughs> put on any jacket and um, carry it, whereas, you know, it's different. It's, it's, we all place our strengths. We all have it? our strengths, yeah. Mine is to keep quiet and drink the wine. <laughs> but um, that is pretty much drinking itself, isn't it? And it is, yeah. it, it is expensive, but we're just going to have less of it. You know? We're not going to have a with guests this year. I think yeah. it's, it's time to, to treat oneself. By the time you've worked your way around, through, yeah. through all the others, by the time you've got to the Chevrolet, you're Chevrolet worth it, David. Time. Only yeah. the, <laughs> it's only the hardcore are going to be left standing, surely. Exactly. Well, that's that's my attitude. I think um, you know, no one ever goes to their grave thinking they drank too much. <laughs> that should be the strap line on the label in gothic font and then um, I've got a bit left field with our, with our final wine today um, and I was I was oh I say I was visually led because I was thinking of you know stocking fillers and I just don't think you get a better looking half bottle of wine than that that's so pretty it's so it's a bone de Venise. What's the TTT? We've listed this for absolutely eons. I don't know. It's it's an old heraldic emblem, and it must belong to the Ledier family who've made this for generations. Down below the Dentel de Montmorais, it comes from a very dramatic location. The only grape is Muscat, and mm-hmm. it's the small berry Muscat. It's Muscat Apetigrum, mm-hmm. which um, has the finer taste. It's less prolific, and. Um, this is made by a complicated process known as mutage. It's how they make port. So they, they par-ferment a still wine and then they arrest the fermentation by adding great alcohol, which kills the active yeast cells, but it leaves a lot of residual sugar. And it's known as technically as a van du naturel, which is a bit of a misnomer because it's, um, it has been interfered with. But this is the 2015 vintage. You can't go wrong in 2015 in France. It's one of those... Um, Barn door jobs. It's universally good vintage. Okay. We mainly sell this in bottle, and for good reason, because you can keep a bottle open for a fortnight. Okay. Because it's quite high in, in sugar and acidity, so you know it's self-preserving. But these just look so great. It's a bit like the Magnum, looking larger than two mm-hmm. bottles. A mm-hmm. half bottle is so kind of um, bijou and attractive. And if, if I... Were to get a stocking and have one of those in it, I'd be chuffed to bits. But yeah. on the nose here, this is really evocative to me of orange blossom. So whether or not we'll have it with Christmas pudding remains to be seen. But it's kind of a dessert in its own right. Very peachy, a lot of white stone fruit, apricot, peach, a bit of dried fruit. So, you know, I don't think you'd go too far wrong with this with Christmas pudding. I can smell closure under my nose. Mm. It's just lovely and grapey and fresh. It's a problem with a lot of sweet wines is, is they can be a bit cloying. Yeah. But that's lovely and fresh and quite uplifting, isn't it? Mm. Mm. And then, unsurprisingly, in the situ, they drink this as as a pre-prandial sharpener. They have it before the meal. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Very often, so on a special occasion, they'd have this with some foie gras, right. which we don't even talk about. And um, traditionally, that was very much a, a palate stimulant, but it works equally well with, with fruit-based or even dried fruit-based desserts. So 
I'm, I'm kind of weighing this with the Christmas pudding. I mean, a tawny port or a banyols could be a good alternative, but um, I just like the freshness of this and the, mm-hmm. the aromatic upliftingness. A bit of tiered Christmas pudding with some mm. with some cream, maybe not brandy butter, to go for a slightly fresher, fresher taste. Yes, if you're seeing us, we are now you know, in the 21st century. It's time to move on, I think, from those cloying puddings and come up with something a little bit different. Well, that, you know, that's a, a good idea. A nice orange um, sorbet might be a good alternative all around. And, um, that's my festive liner, and I hope that's put you in a festive mood. It's pretty darn good. What time should I um, any time from 11, and uh, yeah, you bring, bring your potato peeler. <laughs> All my Brussels sprouts peeler. Well, look forward to seeing you then, David. More adventures in wine at www.yap.co.uk.